Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright. This is a video teaching series, How to Pray Like the Apostles Prayed. It's lesson number seven. And the subject of this lesson is, Biblical Prayer is Supernatural. The question is, how do we pray in the Spirit? How do we pray in the Spirit can only be prayed only by means of the Spirit. I cannot pray in the Spirit unless I'm praying by the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 14, which I have mentioned before and will be mentioned again in other lessons, says, If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? Or what will I do then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing, and the Greek word there is more general than the word sing. It's actually the word praise. I will sing or praise with the Spirit, and I will sing or praise with the understanding also. So that's absolutely the way it is with prayer, when the Spirit is directing it and empowering it and flowing through us with it. Sometimes he will flow through us with the language of our minds. The words we'll be praying, saying, uh, praising will come from his spirit will anoint our minds to say those things. And then other times his spirit will uh, pray through us directly in tongues. Now, when I say his spirit will anoint our minds, I don't mean those English words were coming from our minds, but he will have us say English or English or Spanish or whatever your Portuguese, whatever your language is, French, whatever. He'll have you pray in the language your, your mind understands because that's the point here. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. The expanded Bible says it this way. Uh, if I pray in a different language or with ecstatic utterance in a tongue, my spirit is praying, but my mind does nothing. It's unfruitful. Uh, and that's not a, the exact translation of the Greek words. So let's look at the Amplified. It comes closer to, to the Greek. Uh, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays, but my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit. And the Amplified adds and helps nobody. Yeah, it does. It helps me for my mind to get out of the way and let the Spirit work through me. That helps me. And depending on what I'm praying for, it helps people when the Spirit are praying bypassing my mind. Because I can't pray with my mind without being limited to my faith for the most part. But when I'm praying in tongues, I'm not praying with my faith. My faith is simply to yield to God and let him pray. That's all the faith I need. It's the faith of the grain of mustard seed. If I have enough faith to just yield to God and let him pray, he can pray for anything with his faith, and it happens. Amplified Classic Edition reads this way. Uh, for the next verse, then what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit by the, the Holy Spirit that is within me, but I will also pray intelligently or with my natural understanding, with my mind and understanding. I will sing with my spirit, by the Spirit, Holy Spirit that is within me, but I will sing intelligently with my mind and understanding also. 
the Amplified Bible 2015 edition says it this way. Uh, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unproductive because it does not understand what my spirit is praying. No, it's unproductive in the sense that it's not producing the words that are being prayer, prayed. My mind is at rest. It's not involved. Uh, when, when the King James says, when I pray in my spirit, my mind, my understanding is unfruitful, uh, the word there in the Greek, unfruitful, is uh, fruitfulness with the negative. And what is fruitfulness? It's that which is produced by something else or someone else. The farmer doesn't produce anything. The ground, the rain, the sun, God produces what's produced. So therefore, fruits and vegetables are called produced. We tend the field, we tend the, the, the orchard or the vineyard, but we don't produce it. So likewise, our mind is unfruitful when we're praying in tongues, meaning it's not producing what's being prayed. Yes, it's true. It also doesn't understand what's being prayed. But that doesn't make it unproductive because it understands the need to yield to God. Uh when I'm praying in the spirit through speaking with tongues, my mind is not producing the prayer and does not know what I'm praying. But that's an advantage. Praying in tongues allows us to have very private communication with God. Now, there are people that have taken this and this verse and tried to twist it. First Corinthians 14, two, but what it says, it says not what people think it says or what they want it to say. Because those that don't believe in tongues don't want this to say what it says. First Corinthians 14, 2, For he that speaks, speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. No man understandeth him. Now, to me, for me, other, uh, in addition to the most important thing, I don't know what to pray for as I ought. And I don't know how to pray as I ought. So the Spirit itself works with me and through me to pray the, that which is his will. Because he searched the hearts, he knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Now, this is second only to that from my personal perspective. When I'm praying in tongues, I'm not speaking to men. I'm speaking to God. Because no man understands what I'm saying. Unless I'm praying in a natural language, which frequently I have, uh, and having traveled extensively, I've heard many, many different foreign languages. And while I don't know the language that I'm speaking, I recognize the cadence and the sounds of foreign language. And it's not ecstatic utterance. First, uh, Acts 2 4 says, They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues as just. Uh, as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the Greek word there for utterance is not glossolalia in the sense of ecstatic utterances, just unintelligible sounds. No. The Greek word there is, it's speaking in another language at the highest level of competence with perfect erudition and grammar and 
message. It's not gibberish. It's not. Now, I believe the Bible. That's what the Bible says. I believe when I'm praying in other tongues, I'm praying in a language, either an earthly language, a heavenly language, as he chooses. I don't understand what I'm praying. And I have confidence that man, 99.9% of the time, doesn't understand what I'm saying, even though I have been in situations when I've heard other people pray in tongues and I recognize what they were saying. I was in uh, Brazil in the, in Rio at the Bible school in the late eighties. And, uh, I was praying for a man. It was a pastor. And after church, he, he came up on the platform and the missionary brother Howard and I were standing there and this man wanted us to pray for him. And brother Howard said to me in English, uh, this man's had a lot of problems and he hadn't been able to deal with them in himself. And he's had a lot of wounds in here and whatever. And so we prayed and we prayed for him. I prayed for him mostly in tongues. And then he started to say, he was praying in Portuguese and all of a sudden he started to say in perfect English without any accent, uh, American English without any North, South, East or West accent. Finally, you have healed me. Finally, you have healed me. Finally, you have healed me. And I'm listening to that. Now, I've heard a lot of Brazilians speak English, and it was always with an accent if they were born there. This man was speaking without any accent whatsoever. And I uh, I looked at Brother Howard, and I said, does he know English? His eyes are about this big. He says, no. He's from the Amazon. This is the first time he's ever left the Amazon to come down to this meeting. And he was speaking in tongues, in perfect English. I heard that with my own ears. And then a few years later, somewhere in the mid-90s, I was in uh, uh, the Bible Belt of Zambia, just below the border of, uh, of uh, the Congo, just south of Lumbumbashi, Congo. I like to say that name, Lumbumbashi. And it was just across the border, and we were having a crusade. And there were, I preached, and there were hundreds and hundreds of people in the altar. There was no, they were packed. There was no way to get off the platform and pray for them. And uh, uh, so I was just praying for those that I could reach up front. And there was an interpreter with me, helping me when I needed to say something to them. And so there was a, a lady. I don't know how old she was. She looked like she was well over forty. Could have been over fifty. And uh, she was. Uh, praying and and I, I had my hand on her, her head and all of a sudden she began to say in perfect American English with no regional accent, take me, I'm yours. Take me, I'm yours. Take me, I'm yours. And I heard that and I looked at the brother that was with me, the Zambian brother, my interpreter, and I said, does she speak English? He said, oh no, brother. This is the very first time she's ever been out of her village. She's never seen a white man, and she's never heard English in her life. I heard that with my own ears. So when the scripture says, For he that speaks an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God, for no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries, I 
twice on in my life I have understood what the person was saying in tongues. But they weren't talking to me. They were talking to God. Finally, you have healed me. The, man, the brother said in, the pastor said in Brazil, and the little lady in Zambia said, take me, I'm yours. They weren't talking to me. They were talking to God. And then it says, for no man understand, understand them, how be it in the spirit that he speaketh mysteries. Young's literal translation says it this way. Uh, for he that is speaking in an unknown tongue to men, he doth not speak but to God, for no one doth hearken, and in the spirit he doth speak secrets. Uh, expanded Bible says, they are speaking to God, no one understands them. They are speaking secret things or mysteries through, by, in, and with the spirit. The Amplified Classic Edition says, uh, he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands or catches his meaning because in the Holy Spirit he utters secret things and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. And the Bible of Basic English says uh, that speaking in tongues, you're not talking to men but to God because no one has the sense of what he is saying, but in the Spirit he is talking of secret things. And then the easy to read version says, uh, those who have, uh, I'll explain why, those who have the, uh, those who are speaking in a different language are not speaking to people. They are speaking to God. No one understands them. They are speaking secret things through the Spirit. And the Weymouth's New Testament says, they are not speaking to men, but to God, for no man, no one understands him, yet in the Spirit he is speaking secret truths. The Bible, Message Bible paraphrase, it's not a translation, says, if you praise him in the private language of tongues, God understands you, but no one else does, for you are sharing intimacies just between you and him. I believe that, even though that's not an exact translation, I believe that is exactly the truth. Now, some don't know the difference between speaking with tongues, whether I can pray and praise God, intercede and supplicate in tongues, and the gift of tongues. The difference is huge, and 1 Corinthians 14, 2 tells us the difference whether we know it or not. In speaking with tongues in 1 Corinthians 14, 2, the direction of the communication is from me to God. But every operation of the gift of tongues I've heard that have been appropriately accompanied by the gift of interpretation, the message wasn't man speaking to God or the direction of communication wasn't man speaking to God. The direction of communication was God speaking to men. That's the primary difference between speaking with tongues and the gift of tongues. Everybody that is born of the Spirit, which I'll cover in later in future lessons, everybody that's born of the Spirit has the voice of the Spirit. But not everybody has the, the gifting of being a messenger in tongues from God to people. Now, of course, that message is of no value if it's not interpreted. But the big difference is, the only difference between the interpretation of tongues and prophecy, the gift of prophecy, is that when there are unbelievers present, according to later on in 1 Corinthians 14, the tongue, the message in tongues is a sign to everyone present that the interpretation that's to follow is a prophecy from God. It's a confirmation in advance 
that the prophecy, or we call it in this context, the interpretation of tongues, is from God. Now, if I'm praying with you and you're praying in tongues, I have very little spiritual sense of what you're feeling the whole time you're praying in tongues. But if you're delivering a message in tongues, everybody in the place senses it. Big difference. It's a big difference. Now, again, the advantage of this particular blessing of having the Holy Ghost and being able to pray in tongues is I can pray in a crowd and pray about the most intimate things of my life, the most secret things of my life, and not be concerned that somebody else is going to overhear. And if you pray with me and I pray in a group of even one other person, I can assure you most of the time I'm praying, I will be praying in tongues. Why? Well, you say, well, if you don't pray in English, they can't get a blessing. I'm trying to bless them. I'm praying. I'm not trying to bless them. I'm trying to be a conduit for God to pray things into this world, into this atmosphere in general or in speci- about specific things that he wants to pray for. If he wants him to know what I'm praying for, he'll tell him. If he wants me to know what I'm praying for, he'll tell me. But I'm not praying for them to hear. I'm not praying to edify them. We are praying together and assuming if we're both praying in tongues, even if it's a different language, if we are agreeing in the spirit as touching anything on this earth, we're going to have it of our Father which is in heaven. Plus, as I've said before, all of us, male or female, individually are sons of God. Collectively, all of us, male or female, are the bride of Christ. When we pray individually, we pray as sons. When we pray collectively, even if it's only two of us, we pray as the bride and the body of Christ. And so it is different. It's different. But I prayed too many prayer meetings where the people that were praying were praying to be heard by people. I don't, I don't want, I don't want anybody to hear what I'm praying unless God specifically gives me something to pray in English out loud in a, in a corporate prayer meeting. Usually it will be for some kind of direction of that prayer meeting. And whether I'm actually directly directing or just praying out loud what he's giving me, which those that are kind of floundering, wondering what they're supposed to be praying, hear that, and then God inspires them and motivates them to pray like that, him pray like that through them. Fine, he can do that, and that happens. But the rest of the time, why do I want to pray with my faith when I can pray with his faith? He he understands it because I'm praying to him. He understands it. And he's the one that's helping my infirmity. He's the one empowering me. So he's always going to understand. He not only searches the heart of God, quote unquote, he searches the heart of men. He knows the mind of God. And he prays through us the mind of God. Note carefully this verse is not saying contrary to the opinions of some. Uh, Note carefully what it's not saying. Contrary to the opinions of some, it does not say that it is a bad thing to pray in tongues. It does not say that. But if I'm standing in the pulpit, I'm leading, leading, uh, I'm ministering 
uh, and it's supposed to be teaching or preaching, and I just start preaching it or praying in tongues. You're not going to get anything out of that. Unless, of course, the Spirit moves on you to join me. But that's what Paul's saying. That's why he said, I'd rather teach in five words of my own language than pray much in tongues when he's ministering. That ought to make sense. That ought to be obvious. Now, can people in church pray in tongues and there be no interpreter? Yes, they can pray in tongues if there's no interpreter, but they are not allowed. Scripture says do all things easily in order. They're not allowed to disrupt the, the preaching or teaching. They're not allowed to attract attention to themselves. Now, if the Spirit is changing the direction and we pray out loud in tongues, uh, the person that has the responsibility for that service is accountable to God for either stopping that or saying, now, folks, the Holy Ghost is trying to change our direction here. Let's, let's flow in the Holy Ghost. Find out, find out what the Holy Ghost wants you to pray. But the authority is the one that determines whether or not that's appropriate. Now, when the authority is too afraid of hurting somebody's feelings that they don't exercise that authority, then there's confusion, chaos, and people don't learn. This verse clearly states the direction of our prayer. It's not to men, but to God. The Spirit is enabling us to speak the secrets of our hearts directly to God. The Spirit is also enabling the Holy Ghost to pray through us things that God wants prayed for, but he's not ready for us to know in our minds. I gave in the last lesson the testimony of praying for my the Holy Ghost praying through me very heavily in intercessory prayer and me have not having any idea what I was praying for until after the prayer was concluded. He said, everything's going to be all right. And my wife calls from the emergency room and my youngest child had been burned. And if you haven't heard that testimony, I strongly encourage you to go back. I, I can't give it again now. Praying in the Spirit builds up my faith. So I'm praying in the Spirit. Uh, I am praying by the Spirit. I am praying secrets to God and not to man. And now when I'm doing this, I am building up my faith. Jude chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. Of course, there's only one chapter of Jude, the epistle of Jude. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Uh, keep yourselves in the love of God. Look for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. The Living Bible says, but you, dear friends, must build up your, uh, your lives ever more strongly upon the foundation of our holy faith, learning to pray in the power and strength of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Bible of Basic English says, but you, my beloved ones, building yourselves up on your most holy faith and making prayers in the Holy Spirit. Darby's translation says, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Weymouth says, uh, praying in the Spirit, Holy Spirit. Young's Little Translation says, in the Holy Spirit, praying. The Amplified Version says, But you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith, make progress, rise like an edifice higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. And finally, a week's expanded translation of the New Testament says, But as for you, but as for you, uh, 
divinely loved ones, building yourselves up constantly in the sphere of and by means of your most holy faith, and as constantly praying in the sphere of and by means of the Holy Spirit. How do I pray by the Spirit? Most of the time I pray by the Spirit. It is only by the Holy Ghost praying through me in tongues. The United Bible Society Translators Handbook Series says concerning this, the preposition in here uh, means most probably means in the control of, under the inspiration of, guided by, or by means of the power of. In other words, Jesus exhorting his readers that when they pray, they should always seek and follow the guidance of the Spirit so that by the Spirit's power, they're able to pray, or Spirit's empowerment, I'm adding, they are able to pray properly and according to God's will. So this is the will of God. This is the will of God. Uh, Praying supernaturally uh, is confirmed by this. The Spirit prays with my spirit as confirmation that I am the Father's Son, Romans 8, verse 14, verse 14 through 17. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. The Amplified uh, 2015 edition says, For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading again to fear of God's judgment. You have received the spirit of adoption as sons, the spirit producing sonship by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father, two different languages. Two different languages. The Spirit himself testifies and confirms together with our spirit, assuring us that we are believers, that we believers are children of God. The New Century Version says it like this, The Spirit we received does not make us slaves again to fear. It makes us children of God. With that Spirit we cry out, Father. And the Spirit himself joins with our spirits, to say we are children or we are God's children. Jameson Fawcett Brown's commentary says, the word cry is emphatic, expressing spontaneousness, spontaneousness, there it is, spontaneousness, the strength and the exuberance of the filial emotions. And uh, this cry is said to proceed from the spirit in us, drawing forth, this filial, filial uh, exclamation in our hearts. Here it is said to be to proceed from our hearts under the vitalizing energy of the Spirit as the very element of the new life in believers. Whereby we cry. Not for the Spirit, but by means of the Spirit indwelling in us, we cry. What is that cry? It's not necessarily an unintelligible sound. What are we crying? The cry is in two languages, Abba, Father. Both of those words are in the Greek. One is a foreign language and one is native to the speaker. 
all by the same person. So by the spirit of adoption, the spirit of the Holy Ghost, by whereby we are adopted as sons of God, born again sons of God, by the, by the spirit of adoption, we cry, Abba, Father. We, 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 the, the spirit witnesses with our spirit that we are the sons of God. How does the Holy Ghost bear witness along with our spirit? By speaking in tongues. The Greek word translated bear witness with is to testify jointly. So he's not doing it by himself. He's not testifying to our spirit. He is testifying with our spirit. External to us. To testify jointly, to corroborate uh, by concurrent evidence. That's Strong's. Uh, Thayer says it means to bear witness with, to bear joint witness. So those that say that, the, well, it's just talking about the Holy Ghost speaking to us. That's not what the word, the Greek is saying at all. And I believe that God is able to say what he means and mean what he says. And the way, and the Bible is divinely inspired in its original languages. And in the original languages, it's not saying that the spirit is bearing witness to our spirit. The Greek words very specifically are that the spirit in conjunction with, in cooperation with together, my spirit and the Holy, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit is bearing witness to whomever is paying attention that I am a son of God. How? Because that spirit speaks out through me in both anointed words of my language and by anointed words of God's language. Notice carefully that verses 15 and 16 are joined in both thought and emphasis. We cry out by the Spirit, verse 1, and this cry is the Spirit bearing witness with, not to our spirit, in the Verse 16. So the first one, verse 15, is we cry out by the Spirit. And verse 16, we cry out, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit, not to our spirit. If we're going to pray supernatural prayers, we got to have the Spirit. We have to have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost if we're going to pray in the Spirit. Because without the Spirit, I can't pray any other way. I can only pray naturally. I can only pray naturally by my will, by my thoughts, by my wants, by what what I want rather than what God wants. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for you and I that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him and of this principle specifically would come to you and I, that we would understand the absolute need for us to pray in the spirit like the apostles prayed. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you.